Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 106 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Back after a short week off, just needed a week to reset there, uh, but I'm feeling good, feeling ready to go, so let's jump into the show. So first thing we'll do is jump into the breakdown. Breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier of the biggest teams in world rugby and Infinity Park. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. So we'll start with some XO updates at the top of the breakdown, work our way through some stuff. Got quite a few things to talk about since we took two weeks off, or a week off. Um, it's been two weeks since I recorded a show. So start with the XOs. The XOs reported back last Monday. So they've been back training for about two weeks now. They were in Estes Park towards the end of last week doing some team bonding stuff. Um, they're getting their sevens team together for next weekend's Rugby Town Sevens tournament. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that team compete next weekend, and you should be too. The crossover athlete, I guess, is really kind of tailor-made for sevens. Big, strong, fast, fit guys uh, that'll do, you know, should do wonders in the open space. So it'd be fun to watch those guys compete next weekend. And there's, I've seen just some of the preliminary rosters. There'll be some XOs, some former XOs scattered across a bunch of teams in the tournament. So that'll be cool to see too. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about Rugby Town 7s on next week's episode. I think that one's going to be dedicated entirely to Rugby Town 7s, just as like a preview type of thing. Should have a special guest. I'll talk more about that in the loop coming up. So get your tickets at RugbyTown7s.com. They're cheaper if you buy them online in advance. They'll be more expensive if you buy them at the gate. Uh, that tournament takes place next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so August 20th through the 22nd. It's going to be a good time. It's been gone for two years. I've uh, been very, very pumped about this tournament. I uh, can't wait to, to get back in there and watch some good rugby. So Exos will have a team in that. They're getting the team ready for that. They're kind of prepping up for this fall season that they're going to do. Uh, some big news coming in a few weeks. It should be cool to see. And, and, of course, we'll talk about all that when it gets here. So for now, let's go ahead and jump into some MLR stuff. Got quite a few pieces of MLR stuff to talk about in this breakdown. First one being that the Los Angeles Giltinis defeated Rugby ATL 31-17 two weeks ago in the MLR final. I said on this podcast that I thought Rugby ATL could muddy up the game enough to where they could win, but I was wrong. The Giltinis are actually the one that did that. Uh, they didn't let Rugby ATL get anything going at all on top of you know scoring tries and, and just getting out to a lead. They were just hurling bodies at the breakdown to force turnovers and penalties, and they were tenacious on defense. And I really thought Rugby ATL played fine, but just because of that constant pressure from the Giltinis and the defensive tenacity that they just could not get anything going. They couldn't get any tries really strung together. And that was the difference in the match. L.A. was, uh, you know, forcing them to turn over the ball, forcing penalties, and that uh, that was the difference in the match. See, take, still take a two-week break, but I still managed to not turn off my notifications on my computer and get in the ding. So uh, those were my brief two cents on the MLR final. wanted to talk about it very briefly since that is kind of old news at this point, but I wanted to make sure that I you know, talked about it. would not be doing my job if I didn't bring it up. Um, so what I did want to talk about is uh, those are my brief thoughts on the match, but let's talk about the number of people that watched the match. There's been a tweet circulating last couple of days um, and the original tweet is from August 1st when the when the MLR final happened. It said the 2021 Major League Rugby final is currently airing on CBS. The previous edition in 2019 on the same channel averaged a .032 rating and 510,000 viewers. Uh, and then on the August 11th, the same Twitter account, which is at TV Sports Updates, 
put out another tweet that said, CBS Sports PR tells me that the 2021 Major League Rugby Final averaged 478,000 viewers. That's down just 6% from 2019, and it's likely the biggest American audience for the sport since the 2019 Rugby World Cup Final on NBC, which drew 659,000 viewers in total. So I don't know much about ratings. I'll just come out and say that I haven't studied this stuff at all. But I know that 478,000 people watching rugby in America is a good thing. Um, and I don't even think that the decrease in numbers from 510,000 to 468,000 is that big of a deal. Just until you get a few years of data, you know, under your belt and that you can look at and study, it's hard to get a real feeling of growth or the absence of growth. So I think this is, I think it's good. You get that many people watching rugby on a Sunday in August, that's awesome stuff. And I think that was an interesting thing that I wanted to talk about. So we'll look forward to seeing, you know, what the numbers look like as it continues to grow. I think if you're, you know, 10 years down the road, I guess five more years down the road, you could be a little bit worried if it's sticking at that number and it's not moving or moving the wrong way. But I think right now you can be happy that you had almost 500,000 people watching rugby on a Sunday when, you know, just two years after you did have over 500,000 people watching on a rugby on a Sunday. So pretty interesting. Wanted to make sure I talked about that. Some more MLR stuff. The postseason awards are coming out, so I'll go ahead and read you some of these. Rookie of the Year belongs to Andrew Guerrera of Nola Gold. Back of the Year belongs to Billy Meeks of the L.A. Guiltinis. Forward of the Year belongs to Johan Momsen of Rugby ATL. MLR Player of the Year belongs to Mikey Teo of the Utah Warriors. And MLR Coach of the Year belongs to Sean Pittman of the Utah Warriors. So congrats to all those guys. Had stellar seasons. That's how they earned the award. So uh, all those guys are fun to watch. Been on the show. I'm a big-time Mikey Teo fan, so I love watching that guy play rugby. Some San Diego Legion stuff to talk about. Mikey Teo's former team. Uh, they announced on Wednesday evening that the former All-Black Danny Lee has been named the new San Diego Legion head coach and director of rugby. Um, and I'm interested to see the Legion shake things up after their weird season that they just had. I never really thought going into last year for them that this co-head coaching situation that they had going on wouldn't, you know, wouldn't really work. I just never thought that that was like a viable, sustainable solution to replacing Rob Hoadley, who won the MLR Coach of the Year in 2019. But I also thought that they might have like a little bit of leeway, those guys, because their season was so weird and they're changing venues every week. And I don't think they ever got the chance to get into a groove because they didn't play at home until like the last two or three matches. And then by then the story of the season was written and they were on the outside looking in. So on one hand, not surprised to see them get rid of the co-head coaching situation, but I thought maybe those guys would be afforded a little bit of more leeway. They had a little bit more rope just because last season, you can't base anything off last season, right? Like same with Toronto. Those they didn't play in Canada. They were on a five month road trip. So there there needs to be some weight put into that. But it sounds like a good hire. Uh San Diego's proven that they, you know, want to be in the mix. They'll make the changes necessary to be in the mix. I think this is just the latest change in that. That kind of caps off all the stuff I wanted to talk about. I think that's like uh that's all the MLR stuff I wanted to talk about. It's kind of like in a lull right now for rugby. So we'll go ahead and, and jump into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. One of the things going on stateside here is the USA National Rugby Sevens Championships are this weekend in Seattle, Washington. 
Uh, and you can watch this. You can watch it on the Rugby Network. Coverage starts on Saturday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And like I just said, you, you'll be able to catch all that action on the Rugby Network. That'll be fun to watch. Get just a little appetite appetizer before the Rugby Town 7s next weekend. So you can uh, kickstart your 7s hunger after you just took a little bit of a break from the Olympics. Moving through all the rugby you can watch this weekend. We've got New Zealand versus Australia. It's a Blood of Soul Club match two. Round one of the Rugby Championship, that's on Saturday at 1 a.m. You can watch that on Flow Rugby. The other half of the Rugby Championship is South Africa versus Argentina. That'll be on Saturday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. I think you can also watch this one on Flow Rugby. That's what the website said, at least. So hopefully you can find out. I wasn't seeing it on Flow Rugby, but everywhere else I looked said it would be on Flow Rugby. Um, and then finally, if you want to watch the National Provincial Championships in New Zealand, plenty of good rugby to watch down there. You can also catch that on Flow Rugby. There's plenty of rugby on Flow Rugby. I thought those were the ones worth mentioning. So if you don't have anything going on this weekend, that's some rugby that you can watch. Catch it on demand. Catch it live. If you're staying up late, getting up a little bit early, uh, that's how you can spend your time. Moving into the interview portion of the show, I uh, have former UNC Bear 2021 MLR draft prospect Zach Bostress on today. I had a really good conversation with Zach earlier in the week. Zach played wing and outside center for the Bears, has thrown his hat into the ring of the MLR draft. I wanted to find out more about the draft. I wanted to talk to a local guy about the draft. So I went through MLR draft prospects. I tracked Zach down. It's the first one I saw. He was the only local guy I saw at that that time. Um, I think there's a, a couple more people in there now, but very, very pleased to be able to get Zach on the show and pick his brain and just talk about his experience so far, what he's had to do. He just partook in the rugby showcase last weekend, which is like the MLR Combine uh, unofficially, kind of officially, I guess. I don't I don't know. MLR Combine, though, I was interested to see how that went, what that consisted of. So checked all those boxes with Zach, had a really good conversation. Uh, he took place in the USA U23 camp. Uh, that if you listen to the episode of Dan Power, Dan was coaching in that. I went out bugged Dan about, you know, coming on the podcast that day. That's how we got him on. So I asked Zach a little bit about all that too. So won't talk about it too much more with that introduction. Let's go ahead and kick it to my conversation with MLR draft prospect Zach Bostris. All right, now we welcome on to the show former UNC Bear. Current uh, 2021 MLR draft prospect, Zach Bastress. Zach, how's it going, man? It's going pretty well. I mean, can't complain. How about you? Yeah, same here, man. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come chat with me. I know you've had a, a busy weekend, so I appreciate you jumping on the phone with me here early this Monday morning. So, Zach, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, sure. Um I'm from Erie, Colorado, so it's just like 10 minutes outside of Boulder. Um, and then my majority of my life I've spent in Louisville, Colorado. That's where I went to school and everything like that. So, Very nice. How would you get into rugby? Um, well, back in high school on my football team, I had one of my good buddies talk to me about it because we were playing a uh, line together, and he's he was saying, he's like, dude, you got to come out and try this sport. Like, I found it so awesome. I was like, nah, dude, I've heard bad things. I'm going to go out there and die. You're broken. Like, I don't need that. Um, you know, and he ended up making fun of me. And I was like, all right, fine, dude. Like, whatever. I'll come out and I'll try it. I went out there, first practice, tried it, loved it. I never looked back. That's been the greatest sport ever since. Yeah. What? what how old were you in high school? What year were you? 
Ooh, uh, let's see. I don't even know. It was probably like 15 or something like okay, that. Okay, so like freshman, sophomore year maybe? Yeah, exactly. It was like sophomore year. I think because I've, I've been playing for around a little over seven years, I think. Okay. So what about it? Like what got you hooked? Like when did you – I know you said the first practice. Like when you caught the bug, like was there anything in, in particular? Yeah, I mean it was the uh, camaraderie for sure because I went there and, you know, all I've noticed was like in football practice, you get along with some people, but there's people you don't really – care about or anything like that but with rugby you go and everybody's laughing everybody's having a great time I mean it just felt like a huge family for me and all these guys like I didn't even know half of them and they were just cracking jokes and just they made it way better than I ever thought plus everybody gets to touch the ball and everything and I was a lineman at that point so when I got the ball I was like oh this is great like I can't believe everyone gets to do this right yeah that's perfect Uh, it it was definitely awesome yeah, so I know you, you talk about playing football. Did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, no, I only played football. I mean, I, I wanted to try and do other things, but uh, I just never really got into it. So yeah, uh, football was definitely the way for me. Yeah, I know. And I mean, just like the way you've described it already is similar to my experience. I played football forever, too, and I picked up rugby my junior year of high school. It was just the same thing. Like, it's so refreshing. It just didn't feel like anything I had done before. Uh, so, so I know exactly what you're talking about there. When when did you decide that this was something you wanted to take seriously? Honestly, it probably wasn't until I'd say my like junior year of college. Mm. Um, I I've always just played it just because I love to play it, um, and I had a really good time. There was an opportunity for me to take it like seriously back in high school and like try to get recruited for college. And I just never really took it because I didn't think it was going to be that big of a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my junior year, I just kept hearing from people and like old coaches and, uh, like people I'd play against and stuff. They're like, dude, you gotta, you gotta try out like professional rugby, try to do something with it. Like you're, you're pretty decent. Like you should go out. And I was like, all right, like I might as well. I mean, I'm young. I can try. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, yeah. so I guess I could backtrack a little bit. Like when you went to UNC, were you just going to UNC just to go to school and you were just playing rugby? you know, something to do or, or did you go up there specifically to play rugby? Like how did that kind of work out? So I actually started out my college career by going to a little school in um, Florida called Emory Riddle Aeronautical University. It was for, I want to be a pilot, but mm-hmm. it just didn't really work out for me. Um, and I came back home after like, ah, it was probably like two weeks, honestly, of being at that school. And I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I got to find something else I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my brother was uh, just starting his like career as a police officer, and I I kind of like looked at it and I was like, you know what, that's something I want to do. I want to help people, and I want to be a police officer as well. But I was too young, so I was like, I might as well go like go to school, get a criminal justice degree. And UNC really has a really great program for that. Mm-hmm. So I decided then I was like, all right, I'll go up there and I'll do that. And I actually had a buddy from my old high school team who was playing rugby up there and he's like, yeah, dude, you can come up here. Like you should be able to get on the team. No problem. It's a great time. So I was like, all right, I'll do that too. Like, it'll be fun. I never really thought of it as like, that was going to be a big thing for me. I thought it was just something fun I could do on the side. Yeah. Stay in shape, run around, hang out with some guys. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I never thought it was going to be anything too crazy. So, right. So, okay. So then you get to your junior year. Is this when you kind of decide that, you know, keeping your eye on the draft is something you're going to do? 
Um, cause I guess what was that? Was your junior year 2019, 2020, which, which year was that? Yeah, it was 2019 into 2020. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so this is what 2020 for those unfamiliar, that was the first year of the MLR draft. Uh, so this is kind of something you like had an eye on, like moving into this year or, or how did that all work out? Honestly, I mean, it was a little something I kind of looked, I didn't know how to really get into like professional rugby or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I was just, I have an old coach. He's my old high school coach and, um, he's really big into a lot of professional teams and he has a lot of connections and he just kept telling me that I should try and that whenever, if I ever decided to, I should talk to him. And I did. And he kind of mentioned the draft to him and he said, it's a really good thing. And, you know, there's usually camps for it and like ways to get found. So I just started kind of thinking about it and I was like, all right, this, this, this I can do. I can try and look for stuff. Um, Cool. So then, so like, what, what are those steps then? Like, I, did you start going to some camps? Like how leading up to this year, like how did you get your name in the ring? Cause I know just, I mean, basically looking at the, the MLR website, it looks like there's kind of a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't go to a ton of camps. Um, even though like she was telling me about things, like I didn't know how to go about it. Um, right. It more, it was especially with COVID that hit like right in the second part of my like junior year. Like I was expecting to go to camps from like my junior into senior year, like of uh, college, like that summer. Yeah. Um, but with COVID there was nothing really happening, nothing open. So I kind of, I really didn't know where to go. And I just started asking him for people I could talk to within the league, um, just coaches or recruiters, anybody he knew I could try and email or get my information to, um, just to see if they'd give me any feedback. Cool. I mean, did anything come out of that then? No, uh, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. not and for I, lack of effort I mean, though. Right. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like yeah, you tried. I did. And I, there was a, there was a couple of coaches that I, I would talk to and I'd send them my stuff and they were seemed really good about it. Like, and then as soon as after I sent it, they never talked to me again. And I was like, all right, well, that's a, that's a message received. So fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, no, I mean, I'd like to think that a lot of people had a lot of stuff going on during that whole time, just with everything oh, yeah. changing up, you know, by the hour. So we'll, we'll hope that was the case. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta just hope. I mean, I don't have any, I don't hold anything. I yeah, no, for no, sure. I don't. Yeah. There's no problems with it. Or anything. Yeah, I yeah. understand. No, I totally I get it. So then yeah. leading up to this draft, like what all have you had to do to declare? Was it pretty straightforward process? And like, when did you have to do all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty straightforward because on the MLR website, they just they give you the whole spiel of everything. And if you look through it, as long as you're draft eligible, it's really easy. You can just get on there and uh, like enter your information into a form and declare for the draft that way. It, it really was not hard to do once once you actually read through everything and understood it. Sweet. And then when did yeah. you have to do all that? I mean, I guess when did you do it? Um, I think I did it. Probably in like February of this year. I don't honestly remember mm. when it was. It was uh, earlier on this. Year. Yeah, you were one of the early ones. So this is how I tracked you down. Is I, uh, I was looking through the the prospect list on there, and I was trying to find a local guy. Right, I'm a, I'm a Colorado guy too. Obviously, yeah. do the show the the DNVR Rugby podcast. So I found you, 
and you were the only Colorado guy I'd seen in there. And then when I went and checked again last week, looks like there's like a, a bunch of guys from CU that jumped in there now. But I got you first, okay. so I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to me about it. Um, I appreciate you reaching out. I mean, I've never really had this kind of opportunity, so. Yeah, for sure, man. So what has the process been like? Like have, since you turned all that stuff in, have you had to do anything? Like I know you were just at the rugby showcase, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second here. But have you doing? Had you had to do anything else, or has it been just kind of submit your paperwork and then just kind of see what happens? Yeah, I mean, it was just basically submit my paperwork and. Uh... Jeez, I don't even. I think there's. They just sent an email like a week or two ago um, about some kind of profile that we can make for the draft that they're gonna send us another email on, and then we claim like our um, draft info. I don't. I really don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm still honestly. I'm still kind of lost in the process, but yeah. you know, uh, it, it really. Besides that, like draft declaring thing, it, it wasn't too much more. Um, Sweet. Sweet. Cool. So I know I just brought up, you were at the rugby showcase. How was that? What was that like? Yeah. How did you, did you have to get invited to that? Like, can you just tell us a little bit about how that whole, uh, how that whole little combine thing went? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you honestly have to get invited or not. Um, but because I had declared for the draft, they found my name in that like, uh, draft list or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then they invited me through Instagram actually. Um, but uh, it was, it was actually a really good experience. Uh, they did really well. I honestly had no idea how they were going to do, but they did better than I thought. Uh, yeah. there's uh, some places where they could have improved and I understand that it was, it's new. It's the first right. year of ever doing it. Um, but definitely it was, it was, it was a really great experience. And I, I think they did really well for, uh, not really having something to look for like before them and go after like model it after. So. Right. So I saw some pictures on the, on Instagram. What did they have you do? They have you like jump on the bench. Uh, what else did you have to do? Yeah. I mean, so we did our vertical jump. Uh, we did the L drill, the 40 meter time. Um, and then we moved into like positional stuff, so the forward split and they did uh, scrumming and lifting and that, those kinds of things. And then the backs we split and we did kicking and passing uh, just very basic things to see, like, what we could do if we could chip, if we could grub her accurately. I mean, how our passing was. Uh, it, it wasn't anything too crazy. Yeah. But the one thing that, like, I wish they – the one thing that I definitely gave them feedback on when I was there, too, was we waited a lot. Um, right. So, like, in between – there's a lot of dudes. I mean, there was probably 80-some dudes there. But we ended up waiting a lot in between things. So – whether it was like we uh, we warmed up probably for like a good forty minutes at the start, and we were all feeling great, all ready to go. And then we got into just two lines and started doing the uh, vertical jump, but we got oh, I think only two attempts, and most of us were just completely stiff and not even feeling it then. Yeah. And then when the forty came and the L drill, we had been sitting for so long. And like not doing anything that most of us were just kind of like, well, this, this is rough. You know, we can't get our best times and we're only getting one shot at everything. Um, so I wish they had given us a little bit more, like more attempts and then maybe split us up into different ways. So then, you know, there was people that were doing one thing while others were doing. 
doing separate things. Uh, that way, you know, you could keep warm and just continuously moving. I understand there's a lot of people and they had to get through things pretty fast. So I don't blame them for it, but it, that was just like the one thing I'd probably yeah. tell them to maybe work on. Yeah, tough, tough to perform when you get all cooled down and stiff. But like you said, growing pains. So hopefully they mm-hmm. oh, yeah, exactly. take some advice right. and, you know, tweak it. And that's how things get better. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly really good. They made us do the bench. They added that like two weeks before we came. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So like that was that was not the greatest, but like <laughs> it was it was still fun. <laughs> what, what are you throwing up on the bench? What type of weight did they put up there? Uh, it was 225. Okay, so, so that's like pretty same. standard NFL draft stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Definitely was. Did, and, did you, you know, set the record? Oh, no. no some <laughs> dude, I, I think some dude got like 30, I think, or 30-something. Like, Jeez. Yeah, that man was putting up some serious weights. <laughs> so were all, the, were all the MLR teams represented there, do you know? Was there quite a few? It looked no, like I saw a couple. Was... Uh, really interesting. I, I saw a couple people posting about it. I didn't, wasn't sure who all was there, though. No, so they when they initially contacted us, they said like there's gonna be a ton of teams there, um, and like as I was following them, they started announcing teams and stuff. But I think it only ended up being around six teams there. It was Louisiana, uh, Atlanta, Massachusetts, New York. Uh, I don't even. That's all right. Six teams. That's about half the league, I guess. That's yeah. I think it was six teams. Yeah. That's interesting. This seems like a good resource that teams would want to use to kind of see what's out there. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised more teams wouldn't go. Uh, maybe they thought because it was supposed to be like televised that they would just check it out afterwards mm-hmm. and be like, okay, like I can do it that way. I don't really know. But. Yeah, interesting though. So have you had any contact with MLR teams? you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I haven't talked to too many. Um I've talked to Dallas, uh, Rugby United. Those were some of the first teams that I talked to at the very start. Yeah. And then, like, ever since I sent them my film and stuff, I haven't really heard back too much. But Right. Um, when I was at the showcase, I talked to the NOLA uh, GM, Ryan Fitzgerald, a, a decent amount. And yeah. He's a really cool guy, so. I've heard knows, that. Um, yeah, he... Uh, we were just talking about everything, and uh, so I, I haven't talked to too many. Yeah, so, yeah that's okay. Crazy, I mean, uh, do you have a preference on where you want to go play? No, uh, I, I'll, I'll let anybody that drafts me. I'll, I'll go and play for them. I have no preference at all. I just yeah. I want to go play. So yeah, it's not really a big deal for me. That makes sense to me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been? Have they explained at all how like the draft process is going to work? I know you said that they're just kind of sent out some emails. So uh, we're we're just what over a week out now. Draft's supposed to be mm-hmm. Thursday, August nineteenth. Um, so have they, you know, explained like kind of how it's going to work at all, or is that just kind of still to be determined at this point? I honestly don't know. I mean, if they've explained it, it hasn't been to me, but <laughs> <laughs> um, they they might have somewhere. Yeah, I, but. I don't really know. I know it's, I think it's three or more rounds. It just depends on how many rounds are deemed necessary. Yeah. Uh, which I don't really get because why wouldn't that be like a pre Right. You'd thing? think they would go into it with like, we're doing two rounds, we're doing three rounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. That seems like a, not a, shouldn't be like a moving target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, no, but they haven't sent any emails to me specific, specifically. So I for sure don't 
have any clue about <laughs> you know yeah. what, what's going to happen with it. Um, honestly, the draft, I'm not too worried about it because I'm going to the uh, USA Rugby uh, National Academy at the end of uh, August. So uh-huh. I'm not like the draft isn't do or die. Right? Yeah, you've got you got some options. You're in you're in the pathway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask too. Were you at the uh, U23 camp a couple weeks ago at Infinity Park? Uh, yeah. Which uh, it was what July twentieth or twenty? Yeah. Yeah, I was there. What was Dan Power out there running around with you? Who? Dan Power. He's uh Power. He was a coach. Uh, MLR, MLR commentator Dan Power. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Big look. Australian guy. ECUG is like six five. <laughs> Oh no! Then no, okay, no. yeah, he must yeah. have been like the other session then. I want to. Okay, I, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Ro- I roped him into the podcast after his uh, one of the days down there. So, I was just wondering oh, if okay. you were there. How was that though? Did you like that camp? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, that was definitely the highest level rugby I think I've ever played. It was, it was awesome. A lot of competition. And everybody was just. Everybody was having fun. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, no man. One, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. It was good talking to you, learning a little bit about the process, and uh, looking forward to, to keeping an eye on you and your rugby career as you progress. So wishing you the best of luck ahead of the draft next week, and thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate this, man, and especially since now a ton of people really know who I am. You know, it's it's nice. It's nice being kind of looked at. So Anytime. We'll have to keep in touch. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with MLR draft prospect Zach Bostris. Big shout-out to Zach for coming to take the time to come chat with me for a little bit. It's good getting to hear about the the draft and the combine and the uh, U23 camp, just everything about it. Looking forward to see where Zach's rugby career takes him, and, and we'll have to keep in touch with him for sure. Let's go ahead and jump into the required reading portion of the show now. Uh, well, we have friend of the program, piece by Joe Harvey, on. I wanted to make sure that we talked about this this week, just because again, it's been kind of slow in terms of rugby news and stuff. But MLR is putting out all their awards, so the article this week required reading you need to check out is "Get to Know the All MLR First Team" by Joe Harvey on Major League Rugby's website. I will, of course, link that in the article that houses his podcast for those that are interested in checking it out. Also, put it in the description of the podcast. All you have to do is just scroll down, click it in there support our guy Joe, and read up on some MLR news. Go ahead and close the show with The Loop. Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, expect a Rugby Town 7's heavy episode next week. We should have a special guest in person for that episode that I'm excited about. Been making a lot of calls, sending a lot of emails, reaching out to as many people as I can to try to make that a good one. So it should be a good episode. Uh, I'm going to put in a lot of work early next week to make it happen. So make sure you stay tuned for that. The best way you can follow along with all of our Rugby Town 7's coverage and everything else we've got cooking at the NVR Rugby is on Twitter at the NVR underscore Rugby and at Colton Strickler. Send in any questions you have about whatever. Try my best to answer them. It was fun doing a mailbag like we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, so feel free to send them in, DM me, track me down one way or another. Twitter's the easiest way. Uh, send me all that stuff in. Stay tuned for all the Rugby Town stuff coming up. It's going to be a fun weekend. And that's the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. I will catch you all here. Oh, man, I, I botched it right at the end. I will catch you all back here next Friday for our Rugby Town 7's preview episode. Have a great day. Yeah.